just gonna I'm just gonna go. Let's fuck. Yeah, I feel like I have to start everyone that- like that now. I know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Shadow Baddies Book Club, where two millennial women experiencing a midlife danger opportunity pick apart their favorite romance reads one dick joke at a time. Journey with us as we discuss our current reads, our endless TBR, our favorite shadow daddies, and get into some wild theories. I'm Elise. And I'm Darcy. And as always, we want to remind you that this is an explicit podcast where we will say bad things and make inappropriate jokes. This is your spoiler warning. We will be deep-throating the entire court series as we dissect A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. So if you're currently rereading the series before the release of House of Flame and Shadow, this episode is perfect for you. In today's episode, we'll be covering part one of Akawar. We will shift in our seats after popping lady boners for Feyre, get sweet <laughs> revenge on Ianthe, and sick the bogey on our enemies. You say bogey or bog? I think it's bog. Really? I can find out. I've got the audiobook. I do too, <laughs> and I think she says bogey. Wait, we hit record, right? <laughs> uh huh. As if they were as awful as the bogey. Oh, she does say bogey. To kick us off, Elise. Oh. <laughs> sorry <laughs> we'll be we'll be doing our 60 second recap i'm gonna count yep. you down and on go is your cue to go so three okay two one go so okay things kick off back in the spring court where shit's still boring but Feyre is exploiting the fuck out of tamlin uh she stirs shit up then goes on a cross-country trek through the autumn court with lucian to escape She's reunited with the inner circle and all seems right. Wrong! They still need to convince the other courts to fight against Tyburn. Uh, Feyre's sisters are high fey, but they somehow still suck. Uh, Feyre sucks at flying. Amran trains Nesta somehow. <laughs> Elaine and Asriel have a bond. 30 which, seconds. So, uh, the inner circle starts working with Eris, Lulu's brother. Uh, quote, he snapped your wing, broke your bones. It'll take more than that to kill me. No, it won't. End quote. Uh, the Court of Dreams defends the Summer Court. 15 we seconds. We meet the High Lords, Helion of the Day Court, Cutlass of the Winter Court, Thiessen of the Dawn Court, Baron, whatever, we meet them all. Elaine kills the King of Highbird by chucking a knife through his throat and Nesta lops his head off. And then Face Anne makes a stupid promise to not live without one another. Done. <laughs> you did it. I had to skip some shit. You had you skipped a lot, which I love this as I'm reading your thing. Barry can fly. More is gay. Yes. <laughs> I mean that's an important detail. Yes, yes. Bo- yes. Both of those I know. Things. And then Resan dies and he's brought back to life. Yes, but essentially <clears throat> that's the shit that goes down. I had that's to have right. that quote. I had to have that quote in there from Ka- between Cassian and Elaine because that ties into one of my unhinged theories. So anyway, I know. We'll, I'm scared. I'll talk about that again. I know. <laughs> okay. I'm really scared. All right. So we start Akawar with a lovely short little chapter that is Resan's point of view two years before the building of the wall. So this is during the um, war between the fairies and the humans, which 
at the in the timeline of Akawar is 500 years in the past. Just to briefly summarize the war, it lasts seven years. This is five years into the war. Um, Lysand is 35 years old during this war. Tamlin would be eight years old during the war. Um, so just a little back history there. So Baby Tamlin. Baby Tammy, before he was a bitch, or maybe he was a bitch then too. But I, I've read some reviews. People were like, what was the point of this? And mm. I actually, I really like her writing of Resan's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, it's a really short little chapter. It's like four pages long. And it's basically Reese looking through a, a jumble of broken wings and limbs uh, looking for Cassian and Asriel. Was he looking for mm-hmm. Asriel too? No, Asriel was somewhere else. Mm, so Asriel was only else. looking yep. for Cassian. He's looking for Cassian. Mm-hmm. And um, the line that I really liked was, I now wondered if the lullaby of death was not a lovely song, but the droning of flies. Like the way he describes the flies yeah. sticking to people's eyeballs that are just stuck open and staring blankly into the sky Mm -hmm. and the flies are getting stuck to their eyeballs and there's crusted blood and it was just like really descriptive and and I just thought it was really good writing um yeah and it, it kind of launches into your deep dark theory about Cassian um and why why Cassian is always on the edge of death that's the thing so it's interesting that you bring up people being frustrated with that part and not understanding why it's there, because I'll tell you why it's there. <laughs> I think that SJM brings up Cassian being close to death so often because he's going to die. That's my, my theory. Uh, he's always toying with death. Like I think it's referenced in there that he, yeah, he walked with death his whole life. Um, stuff like that. And I think that this whole section wasn't really about Reese. It was more about like seeing the fear of his friend being dead because like, like we said, he walks with death and he's always like playing with death a little bit. Um, So my theory, and I think we will get more into it later on, but my theory is that the bond between Nesta and Cassian is not an actual mating bond um, because she is Lady Death. I think that it's some sort of like death bond and SJM is going to kill off Cassian, which I, sorry everyone, but (laughs) I think that's going to happen. Well, and it, um, and- it goes back to, you know, in the episode when we were talking about the three fates and mm-hmm. if Nesta is representative of the third sister, which is just the embodiment of death and Cassian's fate is that he is going to die. He's been walking with death his entire life. Then mm-hmm. that would make sense um, that that is their, what they're actually feeling is not a mating bond, but like you said, it's it's actually his fate to die. <laughs> yeah, and she's going to have to cut the bond at some point. 
I think, or something like that. Anyway, I think that Cassian is going to die. And I personally think that Eris is going to get a redemption arc and Eris and Nesta are actually a mated pair. Yep. That's my wild ass theory. (laughs) I love it. I do too. I think it's a fun one. I I mean, I hate the idea of losing Cassian, but... Dog and pony show here again. Jeez. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Classic. I know. I have to be at the restaurant now. My wild yeah. ass dog just barks at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny. I was editing that that episode, and every time you said a word, he barked. Old <laughs> <clears throat> devil. That was funny. All right. So, part one is titled The Princess of Carrion. Um, hot take. This section is a snooze fest. Um, it really is like, it's, you know, she's been, favor has been unleashed on the spring court, which is cool. And we leave Akamath like, holy shit, she's going to bring it down. Mm -hmm. And you kind of feel that, but then I don't know. I don't know about you, but I just felt like all of this, like supposed work that she's doing to like set his court up against him didn't really Mm -hmm. serve a greater purpose. Um, I, I think she no. could have like she could have done a hell of a lot more. But um yeah, what's your take on that? No, I agree. I think this it was like cool to see the different ways that she went after the spring court, I think. But it was kind of boring. I think that's why the section was so was so short, because it was just kind of like, okay, so she does these things and <laughs> And then you kind of start to feel bad for Tamlin, which I don't want to feel bad for Tamlin. <laughs> but yeah, you're kind of like, he's a dummy. How does he not see yeah. this happening? But he's also super spineless because he allowed um, Highburn to basically set up shop in the spring court so they can scope out the wall. They're yes. looking for, you know, at the the holes in the wall, um, the gaps in the wall where they might be able to bring an army in supposedly mm-hmm. um so we, we've got two representatives of highburn who are the nephew and niece of the king of highburn dagden and princess branna who are totally not incestuous nope not at all <laughs> um <laughs> it's really creepy to me they're super they're fucking like, weird <laughs> they're fucking weird yeah, yeah. and and fair even mentions that but i was even before she said that i was like oh <laughs> This is yeah, weird vibes. Giving me Game of Thrones vibes, yeah. Yeah, don't love that. <laughs> yeah, and and we meet them, and you get the sense. Well, we know that they're Daymati. We find out they're Daymati, but you get the sense that they are like pretty powerful. Um, <clears throat> which, I mean, so it's pretty cool that Feyre takes them out. <laughs> I like that Lucian is a little sus <laughs> when it comes to Feyre in this moment. Uh, he doesn't seem fooled to me at all. I and I think we chatted about this a little bit. Why is his eye always worrying? <laughs> I know. Like, it's just humming like a computer, <laughs> like in the well, background. Like a, a fan. <laughs> yeah. but I, and because she describes it that way all the time, I picture it like rotating around in his head, like (laughs) in different directions, like Mad-Eye Moody. Um, And I cannot get that image out of my head. 
which is unfortunate that... because that is not sexy. <laughs> that no. is not sexy. <laughs> it was not. It was not sexy at all. It's just no. constantly pointing in the wrong direction. Fader's like, I don't know which eye to look at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I do wonder, I do wonder what his eye can do. Because it is hinted at that there's more to it. And it was designed using magic and all this other stuff. Like, I just, I feel like he can see some shit. Yeah, and I'd like to believe that he's not just using it to be creepy and see through people's clothes. <laughs> but <laughs> Tamlin has basically put Ianthe like in charge of the whole shit show at this point, and he just follows everything she says. Um, which is another another area that Lucian is like, what the fuck? But then Lucian doesn't do anything about that either. Um, which is just digging a deeper grave for Tamlin mm-hmm. the longer this continues to go on because of the tumultuous tumultuous relationship that Tamlin and Lucian already have because of this Anthe business Farah starts to kind of plant the seed that there might be a little more going on between her and Lucian, which then starts to build a tremendous amount of insecurity and suspicion in Tamlin. So she can like really play that up and sets up these little traps. And so that's where like, is that really what this whole like mission impossible mission is, is her just like basically booby trapping like these yeah. stupid like dominoes to fall yeah. it just didn't it felt like she could have done like a whole lot more you know yeah yeah well I mean I feel like this whole section was her playing off of Tamlin's insecurities mm-hmm. she starts to build suspicion in his mind when it comes to Lucian which he we we know he already kind of feels um I, I think he's pretty insecure and um she starts to build herself up which we know Tamlin is insecure and he doesn't support the idea of a high lady so that really messes with him I think but that also gains the respect of his people um and she turns them against him she gains the respect of his sentries turns them against against Tamlin so it's it's like he she's really taking his tender bruises and just pushing into them yeah (laughs) and but this is why I'm like torn in two a little bit in this in this section because god she's a little relentless and it it makes me feel bad for her for him and for Lucian because it's like what you were just like I think it's referenced later like Lucian's like what were you gonna do with me what was your plan for me and she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, shit, I was. I was going to leave you behind. Like, you would have been fine, though. <laughs> it's messed up. It is. It is. Some some of the stuff she does while she's there, though, it just felt a little like she was just, like, toilet papering the spring quartz trees yeah. or something. Like, it just <laughs> was like, what was the point of that? <laughs> yeah. But luckily, yeah. like, it is a pretty short um, section when she's there. It. I think it's only like a month that she's there too. Like this, right? Yeah. This only spans like the course of a month. Yeah. She's um, not there for very long. She's not. No. So um, 
the twins are there to survey the gaps in the wall, which there are three gaps in the wall, but this made us really question like, why are there gaps in the wall? Do we ever find out what causes the gaps um, that allows like, you know, Farah to get in um, and beasties to get out? It, it was kind of an interesting thing to remember three books in that. Oh yeah. There's gaps in the wall and we don't really know why. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, an interesting detail. And it's actually asked, like I think Farah or someone, or maybe it's, princess the princess asks why the gaps were made or who made them and Lucian says we don't know yeah so I'm interested by that as well but I guess it doesn't matter because the cauldron brings the wall down (laughs) yeah exactly yeah (laughs) spoiler (laughs) um yeah it's interesting so I'm gonna skip that. Yeah, what do you think? <clears throat> okay. um, I, I think, think we can the move. Half beast sex is <laughs> I know. I yeah. I think we can again. talk. I think we can talk about the right that Lucian had to participate in the right in Tamlin's stead, um, and he ends up with Jesse. Do you want to take it? Yeah. So what would some time in the spring court be if we didn't talk about the right? (laughs) Uh, Weird sex, weird fairy sex rituals. (laughs) Um, I feel like, would Tamlin be participating in the right if him and Feyre had gotten married? Like, yeah, because what are the... Back in Akatar, when they talk about the right, he has to f- seek out and find the maiden. So there's like all these women lined up. He goes into beast mode to find mm-hmm. the maiden. Mm. Is this someone who's predetermined? Like what what determines who he's going to use to fuck the magic back into Prithian or whatever <laughs> this ritual is? Um, and if he's married or whatever then does he still participate with whatever determines who the maiden is each year or would it have been Farah? So like, like why did it, yeah. yeah. Why did it end up being Ianthe with Lucian? Because did Lucian go into some kind of like trance and seek out Ianthe or was it just yeah. like, here, you guys do this. Yeah. Like it's a little murky. Um, yeah, I don't understand that. And it's yeah. just, I mean, like, the sex rituals are weird. And I mean, I love this. <laughs> this is what I love <laughs> about these weird-ass books. You're, <laughs> you're a furry, aren't you? You're totally a furry. <laughs> <laughs> I love the weird shit. Although I will say that, like, the like the idea of, like, beast, like, him being in his beast form is yucky to me. <laughs> we are once again... Uh, presented with the summer solstice celebration in the spring court. Um, and if you recall last year um, during summer solstice was when Feyre was just enamored with Tamlin's ability to play a fiddle for some reason. And they end up kissing and Elise swooned. And I was like, eh. um, I loved it. It was, it was such a sweet, I know it was you a sweet did. kiss. It was a sweet kiss. 
I didn't remember though, and we didn't talk about this in the Aka Akatar um episode, but he's like sweating profusely when he's playing the fiddle. <laughs> and I think that was supposed to be sexy, but I just I just I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I have a hard time with the lack of hygiene and people being, like, taken away by the moment. <laughs> Again, maybe I'm a little too practical or a germaphobe, but, yeah, I'm, I wasn't into that at all. Um, basically, to sum, summarize Summer Solstice, uh, Feyre moves a rock and it blows Ianthe's entire game, um, where she was going to line up perfectly with the sun and be the icon of purity, but Feyre blows a, a wind that moves her marker stone five feet over. And, and then Feyre is, it, it's dumb, but I also like, what was really dumb is why does Lucian like bow to her? Yeah. Don't they know that this is all just a big game? And like yeah. the sun is going to be in the same position as it was the year before. Don't they know how the solar system works <laughs> and the rotation of the planet that they're on. Like... Oh man. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But I feel like because Feyre was like reinforcing it by glowing, right? Because she brought right. that power forward and like allowed herself to glow. And then combined with Lucian for some reason, bowing to her um, I think that that like did the trick. Like people were like, "Whoa, <laughs> ooh, yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah." It was it was fine. It was dumb. I don't know why he had to bow to her. I thought the whole thing was funny because, yeah. <laughs> like, I can just picture Ianthe like pissed. But um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, for in order for Farah to avoid Tamlin's grabby hands. She uh, goes to bed in her own room and feigns a nightmare and like thrashes her sheets around and ends up in a very see-through nightgown, sweaty, um, in Lucian's bedroom. And this is when I started to feel bad for Tamlin and Lucian because she is just like playing this so hard. But then you're like, what was the point of that? Because if yeah. if she wasn't like all the stuff with Lucian was just to piss Tamlin off. Because her yeah. plan wasn't for Lucian to come and join her and and yeah. run away with her. So what was the point of doing any yeah. of that? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's yeah, just that malicious. Yeah, just felt kind of mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I am glad that Lucian actually stands up for himself at some point and demands, like, what were you going to, what was your intention for me? You were just going to leave me behind as everything fell apart? Um, right. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Um, but we also get that beautiful line here. Speaking of Lucian wrapping his arms around a body, <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it was like Princess Branna that says Autumn Court males fuck like they have fire in their blood. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which isn't that the clap? <laughs> I think that's no. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> gonorrhea <laughs> no but it's, it's interesting to me to like talk like that because I don't know I I 
you know I love Lucian and I bet Lucian's a bit of a freak in the sheets and he's paired with the most boring fucking sister on the planet (laughs) oh my god I know right yeah I don't want to picture him with her but I I like to think that him putting on the fox mask does it for you Um, which then leads me to think about him starting to make fox sounds, which if we have foxes out here and if you've ever heard of fox, it sounds like a woman shrieking. So, which is a big turn off for me. They are terrifying. Oh, see, you're again, you're taking it. It's too logical. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, again, I, me coming in with my logical brain, it's, Amazing! I'm, I'm happily like, married. I'm like, ooh, put the ma- put the mask on, Lucian, and you're like, yeah, and then screech like a like a fox, <laughs> like a fox in heat. <laughs> um, have we gone to the wall the first time? Uh, we didn't, but nothing happens, so we don't need to really talk okay. about that. <laughs> yeah, so we're just gonna fast track to the second visit to the wall. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna time that's travel. Where shit goes down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is. I. I still am wondering if, like, the children of the blessed serve a greater, like, plot point. Yeah. <laughs> serve a greater yeah. purpose. Because what are they? Like, what are they doing other than just kind of sacrificing themselves to the Fae, I guess? Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, but they come upon some children of the Blessed who are trying to uh, break into Prithian for a better life or whatever they think happens. Um, and Feyre properly Jedi mind tricks them into getting the hell out of there before they get torn apart by... Dagden and Branna. Which ends up doing nothing because they still get torn apart by Dagden and Branna. <laughs> yep. Bragden. <laughs> Bragden, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I mean, and then the, I guess the point of this story, I, I feel like the, the true point of this whole section of the book was to give us brother-sister vibes with Lucian and Feyre because they're, not necessarily getting along but they have these moments of banding together like when they sick the bogey is that what we decided on the twins yep um yeah which was really funny <laughs> like mm-hmm. Tamlin's like they're our uh our what am I thinking of I'm thinking enemy because that's what I think of them but <laughs> ally allies there he's like there are allies in this war what the hell are you doing and they're like they're pieces of shit and you're dumb and you shouldn't be doing any of this homie <laughs> and don't the sentries hear um them talking about it that Farah and lucian um sent the bogey after them yeah yeah, yeah. she makes sure and that's when i mean she basically tells Tamlin, like, you may be willing to get on your knees for Highburn, but I am not. And then he fucking throws a Tam, Tammy Tam tantrum. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> blows up the wherever they are, <laughs> dining room or whatever. And she doesn't shield herself. She gets bruised and banged up. And mm-hmm. she kind of, like, I, I think it's implied that 
she's like, oh yeah, my bruises aren't healing as quickly, but I'm okay with that because then I can, you know, show them, show them off more to his sentries and, and, um, so more distrust in his court, but it's because she's being poisoned this whole time with Fabane in her food. So she's, her healing powers aren't kicking in because she's being poisoned. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it has to be right. Because we find right. out later that she's been slowly, Ianthe's been slowly slipping shit into everyone's food. Right. Isn't it Ianthe that's doing it for the twins? Itch. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was me. Ooh. I'm not sure, actually. I can't remember. That was mentioned. Hmm. Okay. Your attention's a lot better than mine. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I would have to record this after I read each sentence in the book yeah. to remember what happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm fucking terrible. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of information in these books. Yeah. Um. Okay. But so, Feyre's last um act before dipping out is she completely wrecks any threat of respect the sentries have left for Tamlin um, because Ianthe is trying to paint herself in a better light now and playing right into Feyre's hands with this one. Um, But she basically sets up one of the sentries to take the blame for like falling asleep and leaving the gates unprotected and allowing Naga to get in. I am the, why does she suck so bad? (laughs) I feel like we're going to find out why she sucks so bad. There's gotta be a reason. I don't think she just happens to suck. I think that there's a bigger story there that has something to do with her ties to Tamlin, Mm -hmm. Tamlin's father and why she's trying to become this like vessel for little high lords and she's trying to get pregnant. Um, that's her whole thing. Like she tried yeah. to seduce Reese so that she could pop out some night court heirs or whatever. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Something weird. With yeah. Her. Yeah. Definitely something weird with her. And I've mentioned this before. I think her, we haven't seen the last of her family either. Well, we haven't seen yeah. any of them, but I think that's right. going to play into the, uh, the future novels. Um, So at any rate, at this point, she's basically blown the whole (laughs) spring court to smithereens by laying doubt (laughs) just across the land. Um, Yeah, she doesn't pull any punches, does she? (laughs) No, not at all. Third visit to the wall. God, we finally made it to where this book starts to get more interesting and Mm -hmm. reading it the first time I was like oh my god what's gonna happen but then reading it like second and third time and then listening to the audiobook to prepare to record this I was like oh my god can we please just get on with it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because first section because we know that it doesn't lead anywhere and it just exactly it it just makes Tamlin depressed and then that makes me kind of (laughs) sad maybe I know and I don't want to feel bad for Tamlin so we're fast tracking (laughs) Third yes. visit to the wall. Feyre shares a tent with Ianthe. Um, she's eating apples, acting all smug. And then you're like, well, duh, those are poisoned apples. She's um, like talking to the twins, like <clears throat> chomping away on her apple. Yep. Just like not giving a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. 
<laughs> but then some cool shit starts to happen. So while Ianthi is in the middle of assaulting Lucian, she has him tied up. Ferris sneaks up and hears and goes absolutely apeshit. This is the first time Lucian sees that Farrah has powers. She yep. controls Ianthi's mind, makes her let Lucian go, and then she proceeds to smash the shit out of her own hand, which I can yeah. hear those sounds. Oh. So SJM sucks at describing sex scenes. She yes. uses a lot of <laughs> yuck words. But those yuck words work when describing the sounds of someone smashing their own hand with a rock. Oof. Let me let me find that real quick and I'll okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Smash your hand with the rock as hard as you can until I tell you to stop. Um, the first impact was a muffled wet thud. The second uh -oh. was an actual crack. The third drew blood. Thwack, crack, thud. Oh, God. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, gross, but fuck I am, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this was really cool, actually. I will say this was really cool. Like, Lucian is staring at Feyre. He's now seen that she can control um, someone. She can slip into their minds and control them. And out of nowhere, uh, Princess Branna swoops in and says, I believe the word you're looking for, Lucian, is Daimati. And that was really cool. You're all, oh shit! <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they start yeah, this fighting. This, this confrontation was really cool. Yes. Yes. And Feyre fucks them up. I mean, I feel like she definitely shows her skill here. Yeah. Because I mentioned As it before. Like, the go ahead. Sorry. I hate, there's a couple second delay between <laughs> us that always happens. You're good. Um, you go ahead and then I'll, I'll chime in. Cause I, it's like I mentioned before the twins, they're supposed to be pretty fucking powerful. Um, they're trained, basically trained warriors, um, is the oh, yeah. idea that we're getting here. So it's, it's obvious that Feyre is powerful and that she's been training um, because she takes on Dagden with like pretty much no problem. And all of that's happening while her powers are slowly fading because of the Feybane and the apple. Like mm -hmm. she's starting to lose her power, but she is able to kick their asses. And yeah. we see Lucian also demonstrate some of his warrior skills too. Yeah. Um, in this scene between them. So let's see. I can't remember. I have to keep, ta I have to keep changing tabs to my notes. <clears throat> so, okay. Do, do, do. So Lucian kills Branna by chopping off her head. And then I just picture Lucian saying to Feyre, 
in like Street Fighter vo- voice or Mortal Kombat voice, finish him as Fira <laughs> makes a kebab of Dagden's brains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they take him on, they kill him. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's all we have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a question though. Did uh, you think the twins were going to be like, did you think they were going to become a bigger part in the story when they were introduced? I did at first only because it was the third book in the series. I know that, you know, she had to introduce a whole cast of new characters and we needed, you know, another big bad to, to go after mm-hmm. um, that. It wasn't going to just be Highburn. You know, last time it was like a little bit of Highburn and Jurian and the the queens. And so it's like, oh, it's just Highburn this time. So when they were introduced, I was like, okay, they're going to they're gonna be a, a force to battle with throughout this book. But then I was pleasantly surprised when they were not, which again, now like reflecting back on this first part of the book just makes this whole thing just kind of pointless. Yeah. Like, again, I've read it like three or four times now at this point. So that's why I feel that way. But yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I was a little disappointed that they weren't a bigger part because they are supposed to be like a couple of badasses. Um, and I just think it's kind of boring to only have the King of Highburn be the big bad. Yeah, because that's what this whole thing ends up being. Um, is just focused on him. Anyway, I don't know. I thought they were gonna do some epic shit, but they didn't. Yeah, they died. (laughs) Yeah, they died, and that was okay too. (laughs) And then, and then that's it. Yeah. (laughs) But at this point, they both her and Lucian are poisoned with the Feybane, so they can't winnow. Um, Lucian decides he's coming with her. He's going with Feyre, and then they start their backpacking trip across <laughs> um, across the Autumn Court. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get some non-romantic forced proximity between Feyre and Lucian that starts them on their healing journey. <laughs> yes. Their yes. literal journey and their healing journey, <laughs> which I, I've always loved the tense moments in their relationship because they feel very platonic. It's, it's very much like a brother-sister type relationship and a different mm-hmm. kind of found family from what we have with the um, inner circle. And... Mm-hmm. So I I liked that they're forced into needing to repair their relationship while they're traveling across Prithian. Um, And it's cute because Lucian's asking her about Elaine and he wants to know about his mates. And I just, yeah, I I have a big soft spot for, for Lucian. I, I know. I love Lucian. And I love that you get to know him a little bit better here. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel bad. For, like, Lucian just deserves so much better than what he's getting from both Tamlin and Feyre, quite frankly. Um, <clears throat> I know that they're going on their healing journey at this point, but he had to have been feeling so betrayed by her <clears throat> and so let down. And I'm assuming that there were just all of these emotions. Like, 
He's got his mate. His mate is seemingly in his enemy's hands. Feyre is seemingly playing for the other team, what she is. She's playing for the other team who he still thinks are monsters. Yeah. And, you know, he yep. can't depend on Tamlin either because he's a dum-dum. So, yeah, we get to know Lucian a little bit better in this section. And I really wanted to talk about that because, obviously, I love him. <laughs> so, Lucian reveals that he knew she was lying. Like, he was not fooled by that. He claims that after watching her break the wards in Highburn, he's like, uh, I have a friend in the Dawn Court who has a, the very same power. And you weren't fooling anyone. <laughs> but Lucian finally, like, he acknowledges how strong Feyre is in this moment as well. Um, he asks her why she's not winded when they're walking up a hill, which I think is really funny to like think mm -hmm. about L Lucian like struggling up this hill. <laughs> and she just says, I trained. And he's like, yeah, duh. I can see that. <laughs> you, you took on Dagden with like no problem. Um, and then when the Vanthera brothers find, find them the first time, uh, Feyre's power is barely coming back to her. <clears throat> But this was a funny quote for me because this sums up Elaine so well and it's all fucking boring. So on the run, <laughs> Lucian asks about Elaine, which I think is really sweet. They're because they're like close to death, and he and he's yeah. like, Tell me about my mate. Um, and then favorite says, She loves her garden, always loved growing things. Even when we were destitute, she managed to tend a little garden in the warmer months. And when when our fortune returned, she took to tending and planting the most beautiful gardens you've ever seen, even in Prithian. It drove the servants mad because they were supposed to do the work and ladies were only near were only nearby to clip a rose here and there. But Elaine would put on a hat and gloves and kneel in the dirt, weeding. She acted like a purebred lady in every regard but that. Um. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I just don't care. I know I'm supposed to, and I don't. <laughs> so we're going to end part one um, with Feyre's reveal that Elaine is engaged to the worst kind of human, the worst human in all the land, <laughs> um, who is a Fey-hating son of a lord or something like that i don't know who is he yeah he mm -hmm. is yeah um but she drops that little bomb on lucian and he of course has to grapple with how to handle that and <laughs> deserves so much more I know, and so do we. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in part two, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of um, some of the action in this book. Um, so, things will pick up in the Winter Court. Feyre and Lucian are still on the run, and uh, shit's about to get real, shit's real about quick. To pop. Shit's about to yes. pop off. <laughs> yes we'll finally have something to talk about <laughs> um, stay tuned for part two of our Akawar recap in the meantime remember to read those guilty pleasures because there is no guilt in our pleasure and never judge a book by its wingspan cheers perfect I really